This episode of the MedTalk podcast is brought to you by MedTech Innovation Expo, the UK and Ireland's leading event for medical device manufacturing. On the 7th and 8th of June, MedTech Innovation Expo will connect leading engineers, innovators and manufacturers with all the technology and innovation they need to facilitate the design and manufacture of life-changing medical devices. For more information, visit www.medtechexpo.com. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Mental Podcast, where we discuss the latest news and issues in life sciences. I'm Ian Bolland, Group Content Manager for MedTech Innovation and Medical Plastics News. And to mark International Women's Day, I am joined by Rihanna Owen from law firm Slater Healers. On today's episode, we discuss the progress, or indeed in some cases the lack of progress, that has been made when it comes to representation of women in life sciences and the corporate world. We also discuss investing in women-led startups and what needs to be done to further advance female progression in industry. Rianne, thank you very much for joining us on the MedTalk podcast uh, ahead of International Women's Day. Uh, but first of all, before we get into you know the main topic, can you just tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Yeah, of course I can. Um, so I'm Rianne. Um, I'm a partner in the corporate team at Slater Healis. Um, so I deal day to day with... Um, kind of company matters so whether that be kind of investments or <clears throat> excuse me mergers uh, acquisitions so anything on the corporate side is what I deal with day to day. So it's it's funny that a, a lot of what we see in, in the corporate world it still tends to be quite male dominated um, and in relation to corporate and life sciences would you say that life sciences is uh, any better or worse or would you say it's about the same it depends, really. I mean, with regard to the life sciences, there is more and more women and I'm dealing with more and more women founders. But probably the majority of the early stage companies that I come across because of the I deal with a lot of academics out of um, well, the universities of the northwest, they do tend to be probably more on the male uh, dominated side. Um, but it is it is there is more and more women that I am dealing with. So when you say, so is it, there's been grounds for improvement down the years then, and the fact there's a little bit more diversity in the sector in that sense is that there's more and more women feel almost empowered to almost come through with their, with their ideas then? Yes, I do think so. Um, but I also think that um, there's just more, I suppose there's just more people, uh, yeah, I suppose, yes, yeah. ignore <laughs> that question. It's quite a difficult one, actually, isn't it, to be honest? I suppose I am dealing I am dealing with more and more women founders than I was at the beginning of my career, say 10 years ago when I started into this life sciences sector, that it was more male dominated. Um, and now I am dealing with more women. But at the same time, I think you probably you probably touched on the point there is that as there's more women coming into the sector, I still find a lot of the decision makers in the sector and like I've I've been covering it for four and a half years and it still tends to be very much male dominate it's in that in that sense it's but what while the the progress of female founders seems to be welcome getting them into key areas where they're on boards of many organizations you're is completely right yeah so you take a prime example which i've done recently which was a listing on to aim you're right she was a woman founder um um but she was on a board with all males is safe for one lady um but you're right the, the majority of the applicants for the non-execs are all male i mean this is going to sound an obvious question and it's probably a little earlier than i thought we'd come on to it <laughs> but 
What do you think needs to be done in order to increase the diversity and balance the gender at at that level? That's really hard. I think it's hard. I think... um... I mean, I'm glad that someone's actually said it's really hard rather than just come out with these ideas, but not without the mechanics of actually putting it into place. Because I think with the best will in the world, there's always these really good ideas. But then there's the mechanics of it, and that's where it tends to fall down. And it feels like, um, from my perspective anyway, yes. I mean, I'm, I'm, and I should admit, this is this is a male talking about an, a woman's issue. So apologies, listeners. I realise the almost the irony here, but... It it seems to be a case of there's lots of structures that need to to change rather than just the case of well hokenism almost. Yeah, I also think there's a general kind of if I if I kind of relate it back to the law and my own experiences, mm. I think there is a kind of a general feeling at times. Um, it's really I think sometimes it's people's perception of women as well. Mm. I think sometimes, especially in the corporate world, that they see strength in men. And I think that sometimes women have to overcome that as well. So it's whereas it's naturally the men are seen as, as as strong. I think sometimes women find that they have to prove themselves in order to be able to appear that way. And I think sometimes you battle that with regard to whether it's in the corporate or the life sciences. And and sometimes I think, especially with decision making, um, I think sometimes it's a perception. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was at an event yesterday where there was a... Uh... There was a there was a couple of female founders that I'd only met virtually during the pandemic, yes. so it was actually the first time I met them face to face. And the perception that you get of them there is was, was well, and go, this goes for everybody. Is that it was completely different to the one I had on 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 a on a video call. So I, I'm wondering how how much you think that perhaps COVID is either or lockdowns and remote working somehow almost stalled progress or changed the way we look at things a little bit I'm interested to get your views on that um I think so I think that um if we look at it down kind of the gender roles I think that's what um Covid was awful you know for for looking after children at home and I think that things stalled quite significantly because you say you couldn't get out the house and there were certain things that you couldn't do and I think that um you know naturally um unfortunately that a lot of the time that it does fall uh, on perhaps the woman of the household it may not in all but it sometimes does so I think that's often difficult and I think probably it did have a part to play in that I'm going to come on to um, a bit about you offering advice to certain entrepreneurs because um, a lot of your background is offering advice and expertise to the next generation of female entrepreneurs and what investors are looking for in startups um, you, you probably so you probably recognize what extra barriers they have to come to because I think you've already mentioned strength but are there other particular barriers that that I that I wouldn't know about for example just for me being a man this is a great time for you to educate me oh, no. yeah. <laughs> I think I've been to quite a few kind of funding um seminars I attended um a, a, a talk by Fund Her North and it was really interesting with regard to how people invest and sometimes men invest in men and when it's a woman founder I think they have that that barrier to overcome so when you've got a female investor I think that they're more likely to um, corral uh, the forces with regard to investment so I think there's that element that you know men do invest with men founder companies Mm. Um, so there's that there's that barrier I'll touch upon something there actually because the the men investing 
an immense thing is very is a fascinating tie into what I came across at a conference not so long yes. ago where there was a there was one one male uh, venture capital worker who actually said don't be arrogant and don't be you know confident I'm just wondering what uh, if that's a, another particular barrier that women have to overcome is that their the confidence can be made to look like arrogant or you know they it's viewed as arrogance when it shouldn't be whereas men is just looked at as confidence I think you're totally right. I think that is true. But I also think on the converse side that, um, and I suppose talking more about myself than anyone else, but I think what you tend to do as a as a woman, you tend to question yourself more. You tend to kind of look at things in a slightly different way. And you tend to look at yourself before you look to somebody else to see whether you could have done it in a different way. And I think sometimes that can either come across as being unsure or not having the confidence or when you try and kind of compensate for that you're right it comes across as kind of arrogance where it's I think it's interpreted slightly differently with men yeah fascinating it's it's always fascinating when two different experiences and we we just managed to tally it together there's just as well hang on that's that like two pieces of the jigsaw coming together but um uh, I'd like to uh, finish on a couple of other notes, if that's OK. I mean, I appreciate yeah. this is a short episode, but it's a short episode and it's bite-sized for our listeners and some really interesting thoughts in it already. But if you were, what kind of um, reforms almost would you like to see to make the, you know, make the playing field that little bit more level? I think it's already happening and I think it's not perhaps reforms. I mean, to be, to a certain extent, you know, we have what I've seen since COVID there's been some massive benefits of COVID you know there's more flexible working you know people can work around certain elements that they have to deal with in their in their life so I think also what you do find is that in the past maybe you know men there was more men for men to to work with what I think in the past is that there are more and more women and so therefore I think women are drawn sometimes um, more naturally to women for advice or for kind of assistance so I think that then the, this doesn't necessarily to be need to be more reforms it just the fact is that the landscape is changing with the fact that there's more women in the playing field okay I mean is, I mean I appreciate we're probably touching on a point that I've already already made yeah. but in, in, in this case is, is life sciences a go against the grain or is it pretty much from your experience um, aligned with with other sectors um, it's hard to say. I think so being a lawyer, I think what you find, um, and I'll compare it, mm. is that there is there is more, there's lots and lots of women at junior level. Mm. And then as you go up the ranking or you go up, uh, you know, with regard to your profession and you increase in qualification, then it starts to drop off. And I think there's reforms there for more women to be on boards. And I think that would help if there's more, if there needs to be kind of more push for women to be on PLC boards. And I think then, only then will it kind of push through. So with regard to kind of there being women at all levels, because I do think that, you know, if you look at the percentages, there's probably quite similar, but actually mm-hmm. the women, that the, there's less women at higher levels and there needs to be. So in that in that case, then, because you've already said that you, you feel like the reforms are happening, it's probably going to be a case of though there is this understandable impatience to see results. We might just have to be a little bit more patient on this one to see if things work out and then tweak as we go. 
Well, yeah, or we just need to push for, for more women on boards and keep doing that. But I know that there's plenty of kind of investment um, kind of, what do they call them? Investment, agenda, not agendas. But I know that Fund Her North sees the kind, um, the gap. No, I think it's less of a reform. I think it's more of plugging the gap with regard to investment and also or, or already um, pushing forward those reforms that we've got in place. It needs to push what we've already got, but we're also attempting already to fund the area in order to fund more women and things like that. And only those kind of incentives can kind of help with that. It feels like uh, there is probably an urge to reinvent the wheel when there probably isn't the necessity to. There is, as you say, you can plug a few, a few, a few gaps, but this isn't just a one sector specific thing. This is a societal thing because, I mean, I think, for example, where uh, I don't know, eight, eight, 18 months or two years out from the next general election. And then and I think, for example, childcare is going to be front and centre and yes. workforce productivity and not get and women getting into the workforce. And that is a, a bottom up way of seeing more representation for women 10, 15 years down the track, as well as sorting out some, you know, a, a women's situation sorting out a productivity problem in the UK, for example. I know I've gone on a bit of a political tangent there, but you, you see where I'm coming from. Yes, I do. Yes. Yeah. Well, Rianne, thank you very much for your time this morning. I know it's been very brief. I know you're a very, very busy person, but is there anything else that you'd like to add? No, it's been a lovely talking to you, Ian. Well, thank you, Rianne. Thank, thank you for joining the Mouth Talk podcast. Thank you.